Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee. How are you doing? I'm doing great, but I've got to throw back that same question to you because for anyone who wasn't there, which I don't think was too many, uh, I think you pretty much had everybody at Proust Pets last weekend for a memorial service for one of your great customers who unfortunately passed away much too early. Right. And it was from everything I saw, a remarkable event. Yeah, so we had a memorial service. It's the first time we've had a memorial service at the store. Um, and you'd wonder, you know, why would you have a memorial service at a pet store? Um, if you knew Brandon, Brandon Navin, he's uh, uh, the one that we had it for, uh, you'd understand why, you know. Um, when he'd come in, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was joyous, right? It was great. It was it, it was a hug. It was uh, a connection. It was, uh, you know, he would just bring bring life into the store when he'd come in. So, you know, net positive uh, just having him show up. And, um, yes, it's unfortunate we lost Brandon. But while he was here, uh, well, he was on the radio show. So we had him as a guest. And uh, guess what? Uh, I thought about that just prior to the memorial service. And uh, I thought, you know what? I think the public would want to listen to that because I listened to it. I wasn't ac- actually here for the interview. It was you and Kirby that was doing the interview. Right, I remember. And uh, I hadn't heard it before. And so I, I went back and played it, and I thought, you know what? This is not only a message for those that knew him, but it's also a message for those that don't know him. And and uh, so we'll be playing that section at the end of this show, and I'm really excited about that. But it also brings to mind the value of pet keeping and what, what purpose it it takes, okay? Right. Um, I mean, we're a business, right? We're a pet store, right? right. So you're thinking, you know, uh, dollars and cents. And, and realistically, you know, you have to think about dollars and cents or you're out of business. Right. But the underlying current of everything we do in that store, you know, it started from the very beginning when my mother uh, decided to put one, put a put a, uh, a fish store in what was referred to as the parsonage at the time. And that became kind of her mission to kind of connect with people and to kind of engage with people. And we've carried that mission ever since. My wife, my daughter, all my staff that have been there, all my family members have kind of been on this like lifetime mission uh, and generational mission to just kind of be able to create a place where somebody can come that once they've been there, we've enhanced the opportunity for them to enjoy pets. And by enjoying pets, that's where we get to the the value of people, you know. To me, people are where it's at. You know, yes, it's a pet store. We need to have healthy animals. Right. We need to have a great selection. We need to understand all about them, where they come from naturally, all of those things. But the bottom line is none of that's important if it doesn't make meaning and connection to people and change their lives. And Brandon is an example. And we also have a guest today, Mackenzie. Uh, he's one of our staff members now and uh, kind of like a, 
soldier in arms, if you will, next to me in the fish room, kind of slinging the net and uh, doing the things that are necessary to make it work. And he's just a, a a real excellent champion of the very thing that we're talking about today. So I'm anxious about getting into that. It will be a nice conversation. My daughter, Kirby, uh Brandon and Kirby were very close. Obviously, she's the one that did the interview, and I'd like her to be part of this conversation uh, and, and just have, you know, maybe an extension of the memorial, but more importantly, a celebration of what pets mean to people and the connection that we have and kind of bring purpose to that. Well, you've said it beautifully, and frankly, there's nothing that I can really change or add to that other than people don't realize the degree to which that having a pet can sometimes make their life better, can make them feel better about a situation, and can help them through rough times. And, and Frank, I, I think a lot of people do understand that, all right? They do. I mean, when they stop and think about the dog that's sitting next to them or the pets that they've had in the past right. or the kind of relationship they've had. Um, right. You know, I, but, I would, Scott, uh, one of your uh, uh, main people here, right. and, and getting a hamster and how that affected his family, right. you know? Right. The, the the issue, I guess I'm saying, is that most of us are so busy with our lives, we don't think about it. Right. We don't. Right. We, we don't. It doesn't enter into things because we're too busy worrying about what still has to be crossed off on a list. Let's so have a conversation about that. We're, we're Coming going up. to right here on 1320 WILS. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link. Finally, two hosts your pets can relate to. It's Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320WILS. I'd like to be... We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us in the studio, uh, first we have your daughter, Kirby Pruce, who we appreciate being back with us again. Kirby, welcome back to the studio. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. Since it was you and I who did the first interview uh, that we did with Brandon, it's important that you be a part of it. But we've got another guest with you who happens to be Mackenzie Jones, who works in the freshwater department at Pruce Pets. And Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, I guess I'll ask you the the question, uh, what is your experience with pets and how have have they been a part of your life or impacted it in any way? So I, I, I grew up with uh, Noah's Ark of a, of a home, um, one of everything, two of everything at times, uh, dogs, cats, birds, lizards, rabbits. So I've always had an interest. I think that came from my mom. Uh, my mom was always a fanatic of animals. Um, and in that regard, I, I moved on to like working on a farm in high school, and I, I just always had an interest. Uh, my life has always been directly correlated in some way with uh, animal care. Yeah, so I, I think um, it's just uh, as I get older, I refine my interests. And uh, although fish keeping was never really a, a part of my childhood, I think that's where the allurement came to uh, or came from. Uh, I didn't know much about it. I, I had the typical big box store fish tank as a child. 
one dies, you go get a new one. <laughs> um, but uh, the whole concept of water chemistry was uh, something I'd never even heard of. So as I got older, I looked further into it. And just the fascination that I got from staring into a fish tank. If I allow myself, I can almost get lost as if it's a, a cloudless sky in the UP. Um, it just it's beautiful. Um, and so in that, I wanted more of it. And I still can't get enough of it. <laughs> and, and now I work into a, in a pet store with, I couldn't tell you how many tanks we have. And I'm sure that's probably not a good thing. I should know how many tanks we have. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's still fascinating. It, it still captivates me. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking uh, I've, I've employed, uh, well, a few thousand people. And, uh, you know, there's always individuals that stand out and, and stand out for different reasons. And you know, you have uh, an eclectic history, I think, um, and, you know, it's rare that I have somebody say, hey, I, I got two jobs already and I want a third one, right? <laughs> um, and and you also spent a bit of time mentioning in the interview that, uh, you know, I've been, I've, I've been watching, you know, this or that what, podcast sure, and sure. Uh, learn from this, learn from that. You, you seem to grab things eclectically from anywhere. And that's kind of helped you on your journey. I mean, it kind of led you to our store. Absolutely. But also kind of in in kind of the spirit of this show today, uh, you evidently went through some rough times, right? Yeah. And those rough times weren't um, anything you necessarily want to, you know, share with the whole world necessarily. But at the same time, they've, they, they've made you who you are. And it's kind of one of those things where fish and fish keeping probably have helped you in one way or another at, at kind of something to lean on, something to work towards, something to think about, something to kind of drive you in another, in another direction. You want to share? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, at, at face value, it's hard to be an addict of anything when uh, you have a hobby that's considerably expensive at times, um, <laughs> as is any hobby. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, a few years ago, uh, five or six or so, um, I fell into a really dark spot in, in my personal reality. Uh, things got really grim for me. And uh, in that, uh, as one may typically do, I turned to substance abuse. And uh, that, that came with its own set of problems. Um, and again, at the time, I had no concept of uh, fish keeping or as a hobbyist. My understanding was a beta bowl and maybe you put a plant in it for filtration, uh, in, in, in quotes. If only it were that easy. Well, <laughs> but, we can do it. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and honestly, the more I've learned, it is possible. It's come full circle. You can do a filterless fish tank. Uh, it's incredibly difficult, and you do need to understand the the entire aspect of fish the keeping. limitations, yeah. Yeah, but it, it can be done and can be done successfully. Um, but having said that, that was my understanding. It's only until I found the road to recovery and I realized that I needed to attach myself to something positive, um, whatever that might be. And, and it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision. Uh, I found myself amongst friends that had these gigantic fish tanks, and that, well, to me at the time, and we're talking 150 gallons. Uh, in hindsight, maybe not so gigantic, but for most listeners, a 150-gallon fish tank is absurd to even imagine. We're used to the 20 gallons in the corner of the living room. So, uh, it, as I said earlier, it was just, it captivated me. I couldn't stop staring at it. 
and they had this fish in there that resembled a large potato with a beak and these <laughs> yellow stripes. And I, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what it was. And they told me it was a puffer fish. I'm like, well, I thought puffer fish were salt water. So that doesn't make sense. And also, isn't that like highly poisonous? Why do you have that in your house? Again, completely ignorant to the concept. And as I became more interested, I divulged further in the hobby. And uh, I realized that this is the same as keeping a cat or a dog or any other, a hamster, a bird, what have you. It's the, the passion of taking care for another animal, taking care of another life. Um, and in that regard, I found that the, the more I learned, the more I wanted to be involved. Uh, I started with a 40-gallon breeder fish tank. Uh, it's a it's considerable size for a beginner. Um, and before you know it, uh, I'm five years into the hobby and I have 10 fish tanks in my house. <laughs> and, and then I help maintenance a variety of uh, at the store as well. Um, and that all, it, it keeps me focused on the positivity of life. Uh, I get to grow plants. I get to take care of fish. I get to educate people in the store on how to do what I do. You, you, I, I really, I think back of uh, you as a customer, and uh, there was always just a positive energy when you would come in. You could tell you were exciting, excited. And then uh, the day you asked, said, hey, so maybe you're hiring. And I was like, you know, when we're looking for somebody that can work in the store, you know, we're looking for all the assets that you are bringing to the to the table right there as a customer. Man, Enthusiasm, uh, friendliness, you are always engaging, kind, interactive. And I'm like, I need this guy for my team. And, <laughs> and it's worked out really, really well. And I didn't know at the time that you, you know, even had a struggle that you had to deal with. But, uh, but it's nice to know that, uh, that somehow or another in your journey in life that you were able to kind of walk in our store and walk into the hobby and, and make good things happen. So yeah. I'm just curious, Kirby, do you have any anything you want to uh, throw in there? Yeah, I get to watch the relationship between my dad and Mackenzie, and I feel it's almost, to some extent, I feel like it's kind of like a brother. <laughs> <laughs> I see you taking him on kind of like a son, and it's, I think, a beautiful thing. And I can relate a lot to what you said. There's a lot of people that come through the doors of Proust. And then you have some employees that are just remarkable and they really stand out. And I remember when my dad was telling me about hiring Mackenzie and I had yet to meet him. And I just remember you saying, he's just this, he's going to stand out. He's just so cool. You're just going to love him. And I'm like, okay, I'm excited. And, and I, it's interesting to sit here and have this conversation, um, post the memorial of my friend, Brandon, who passed away and, and his addiction in the end there, overtook everything. And it's, for me, it gives me goosebumps to be sitting next to someone who can relate to Brandon in so many ways. And there are some parallels. Um, One thing that Brandon would say a lot is that the opposite of addiction is connection. And one thing that I see that you get from work, that I get from work, that my dad gets from work, that Brandon would get from coming in is Bruce is really a strong community, and it's a strong community of people that just happen to be enthusiastic about fish. And the cool thing about fish is that it's been scientifically proven that they can lower your blood pressure. And so we've chosen this exciting hobby that's also (laughs) healthy, which is really amazing. Um, But another thing that you said, and, and I can attest to this with Mackenzie, is you were talking about just how neat it is to care for something else and to want to show compassion towards something else. And I was talking to Brandon's mom last week, and she just kept saying, my son 
had such a big heart and he didn't know what to do with all of that love. And so when times would get tough and he wanted everybody to have a big heart and he wanted to show that love and he wasn't getting that, he sometimes didn't know what to do. And I think of the act of taking care of animals like you do, your fish tanks, it's an act of love. You're literally keeping life sustained. They rely on you. And I think for someone active in recovery, having that ability to channel that energy into something constructive is so important and so healthy. Um, And so I appreciate you being transparent about your journey. I think that's an important part of recovery. And I hope that viewers who are listening to this, um, as someone who just lost someone so close to me to addiction, um, as someone who's sitting here next to you, and I, you're one of my favorite people in the store, and I probably shouldn't say that, but you are. Um, I hope that as a society, we just do a better job praising people who are in active recovery, because there shouldn't be any shame associated with it. And the journey is difficult and we need each other as a community and that falls on all of our shoulders. Um, So I just, I appreciate you being here and talking today and it is really, really nice to have you in the store. And one thing I have to mention about Mackenzie, he is one of the most regimented people I've ever met in my life. I run into him in the break room all the time and he's got his eating down to a science. And it is impressive, uh, this man's ability to commit to his self-care when I know it's not easy and you've had a lot of things happen um, is just really admirable. And, and and I could not do it. So way to go. <laughs> I, think, I think it's impressive. Well, and, and Mackenzie, it's interesting because you describe something that I've just witnessed recently myself. Uh, as, as Rick knows, uh, we put a small fish tank into our kitchen with a betta in there. And my wife is absolutely crazy about wanting to test the water chemistry. She she thinks that it is such an important thing. And every Saturday she goes in and does her little (laughs) thing and comes up and has to show me how perfect everything looks in there the last couple of weeks in a row. And it's just so funny because you're right. People don't know that these things even exist. And then the deeper they go and the more they discover how cool everything is and that this stuff doesn't just happen for no reason. And it can be very distracting enough to take away all that is bothering you and encapsulate you in, oh, how do I figure this out? Really fascinating. And it sounds like that's what you went through. Well, absolutely. But at the same time, uh, on that notion, the uh, freshwater associate in me is kicking in. Don't divulge too much into the chemistry. Uh, so there is a certain – there's a delicate balance between pristine chemistry and enjoying your fish tank. And yeah. you can go too far into, oh, the pH is deviated 0.1 parts per million. I've got to do something. Don't. <laughs> don't. I want to chime in and say something, though, and I'm wondering if Mackenzie can relate to this. So when I was taking yoga for 12-step recovery training – And we delved really heavy into the science of addiction and what happens to the brain chemistry. Do you find, because I find with myself, I want to understand why my brain is the way that it is. I want just to understand and have answers. Do you find that in the quest to kind of understand yourself from kind of a scientific perspective, that's what fascinates you about the chemistry of aquariums? Because when we talk about pH, and I'm not, not getting super detailed into it, but just 
you're literally looking at this system and you notice how all these factors, these external factors coming and influence it. Do you see any parallels there? Because for me, I do. I'm just curious if you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and in so many regards, something as simple as uh, touching base on my probably overly rigorous diet. Um, <laughs> if I throw one thing in there that's not normal, so if I eat a chocolate bar or I want to taste a new potato chip, I'm going to notice the difference. Uh, like, and, so, and, and it's the same with your body as it is the chemical makeup of a fish tank. It's easily manipulated and it can easily be uh, understood in that regard uh, from a simplistic perspective. Again, the further you go into it, the more detail-oriented it gets and it can be exhausting. But if you look at it in a more simplistic form but in that regard, yes, yeah, uh, pH is a huge uh, concern in your body as well as a fish tank. Um, the, your, your mineral content, uh, something as simple as salt. Uh, salt is so important both in the freshwater and saltwater hobby as well as your cognitive ability to perform tasks. Um, people think that sodium is bad, and I think that was like a 90s thing. Uh, it's, it's actually quite good. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you it need is, it. You yeah. need it. You just need to have controlled amounts. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back in our conversation with Kirby Proust and Mackenzie Jones right here on 1320 WILS. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link. It's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show with Britt Pruse and Lee Cohen on 1320WILS. On the first part of it's 9.35 and we're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we've been talking this morning with Mackenzie Jones, who works for uh, Proust Pets in the the freshwater department. And Mackenzie, let's talk a little bit about the event that took place last week. And you were at the memorial, and I, I take it you got a chance uh, to work with Brandon because he was at Proust Pets a lot. Um, so, unfortunately, I never got to know the man. I just missed the opportunity the, for one reason The gap between fresh and salt water is amazing. Yeah. No, it is. It is. I, I, like, I, I like to affectionately say we're all one team, but there are some subtle differences. Uh. <laughs> and, and honestly, that you know, uh, the one thing that we do when we hire people is, you know, you oftentimes will stay in that one department. It's mainly for the benefit of the customer because it takes a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience to figure out, you know, how to – help people. And so, you know, Mackenzie's been in freshwater, not that he couldn't be trained in saltwater, but he's all trained in freshwater and Brandon didn't have a freshwater tank. So, but go ahead. Your, your, your experience with Brandon would be maybe seeing him as he went through, but more importantly, the memorial. Talk about your, your, your kind of, how did you feel about the memorial? I noticed you stayed around and listened and even though, you know, and everybody was welcome and you were too, tell me how you felt about that. It was a truly touching experience. Uh, for having not known the man, I feel like I know so much about him. I've been to a few of those in my life, and they can go a variety of different ways. Um, this one, there was no fat to trim. Uh, it was straight to the point. It was beautiful. Uh, everybody that spoke uh, spoke eloquently about him and always had something to say. Like some, There was just every person that got up to speak had this touching, beautiful story um, of, of something mundane, a daily occurrence. But it was, it was just that spark. There was some type of magic that individual provided uh, to 
so many people just watching the uh, I, 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 it's hard to even call it a memorial. It was uh, a celebration. It, it truly was. And everything from the, the parade through the, uh, the pond into the store to unveil his uh, reef tank that we have in the store in the saltwater department to the, uh, the, the smiles. This, you, can, you can really tell the, the tone of a situation like that by the faces of the people. There weren't a lot of gloomy faces. There were tears. There yeah. were plenty of tears. <laughs> but, it blended with a smile. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and, yeah. and that's, that's the canary in the cave. Um, it, it was truly magical. I, uh, I, I asked if uh, anybody uh, uh, had been hugged by Brandon, right? I knew the answer. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> Everybody there, there, in the there, entire audience had oh, been hugged by Brandon. If it was a rock concert, those hands would have lighters in them. It was, yeah. it was absurd. There was, every hand was up. Every hand was up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, what, what can be said about a situation like that? Uh, it's, uh, it's incredibly misfortunate. And um, I feel like I've been robbed of the opportunity to speak with a great person. Uh, yeah. The stories I've heard, uh, yeah. man, give me five minutes, please. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm not the only one. Well, we're um, going to give Kerbe five minutes. Yeah, here, I was right? going to say, uh, Kerbe, why don't like... you tell us this uh, story or two? Because you knew him, you mentioned before, like a brother. And it, for a lot of years, it seemed like he was like a brother. Yeah, and this is where it gets hard for me, and I will try to compose myself and not cry. Um, I think that for me, the action of putting this memorial together kept me busy enough, but now um, the wave of grief has hit hard. Um, so I knew Brandon very well, and it was actually in those last few months um, that we talked more than we ever have before. And so I um, had a lot of insight into what was going on with Brandon, and it was very, very important um, the moment his mother called and said she wanted me um, to put that memorial together, that I held him in a really high regard and I wanted people to leave knowing the light that was Brandon. And I'm really glad to hear that Mackenzie, who didn't even really know him, um, left feeling like he knew the type of guy that he was. Um, so I made sure when I put the memorial together that I passed everything by his family and that it was something that they felt was appropriate and that would really be just what they wanted their son, their husband, their father to be remembered by. Um, because Brandon was such a community advocate, because he was so integral in the arts community, I wanted it to be unique and dynamic and all throughout Old Town, which he loved. Um, so it was important to me that we walked through the streets of Old Town, that we went down to the river, we cast flowers into the river, symbolic of continuing on and, and Brandon's legacy continuing on. Um, and also it was important because he was such a an advocate for people using their voice. I wanted a stage at the end where people could speak and tell stories because Brandon loved stories. So the whole event, I think, went really beautifully. And it's been crazy this past week since the memorial to have all of these people, I have no idea who they are, <laughs> say I was at the memorial, thank you, that honored Brandon really well, and and that's what I wanted. Um, and I also, I told his mom, I'm going to be totally honest here, his mom was very upset. Um, someone said something at the memorial that was, do, do you feel like you got closure for your son? Did this do it? And she said, you never get closure for losing a child. That's not a thing. That's not even a concept. 
And I told her, I said, it's very important to me, Julie, that we continue your son's legacy in Old Town. This isn't over. Brandon's not over. Brandon has planted a seed for more good things to come. So actually, it was kind of serendipitous the next morning after the memorial. And I mean, I got home at 1 a.m. I was exhausted. I'm a new mom. We had to run for Brandon the next morning. Old Town had an 8K run. And so I got up at 7 when your body shouldn't move. And I ran that darn race with Brandon's bib number because he was supposed to be there with me. And my goal, I have two things. One is to have a run in Old Town that will be a Brandon Navin memorial run. But it's going to be a hop, skip, jump, roll, dress as crazy as you can. It's not about winning. It's about just being involved and being healthy. And it's it's just going to be accessible to everybody and anybody because that's what Brandon would want. And then I also want to continue, and we've already started, a reef tank that's dedicated to Brandon with a sustaining grant where it will then go on to put reef tanks in classrooms. And this is very sweet. His brother, Ryan, Brandon's brother, came up to me the other day and said, we want to propagate the corals in Brandon's tank and donate them into tanks. So literally a piece of Brandon will be in these tanks. So so that was my goal is honor him and continue a legacy. Well, it sounds like you did an amazing job with it. Uh, I remember when we got the chance to interview him, I found him to be a very interesting young man. And I can understand why so many people felt so passionate about it. But again, we all have problems out there. But having these animals that we have to care for on a day-to-day basis or having a memorial to plan or having a scientific focus on how things happen, they're all ways to keep our minds fresh and going and get us through those difficult times. I think the main thing, the, the, the most important thing is community. I don't, in yours, mine, and every listener's life, the strength of living is brought to you by the strength of community. And whether it's a passion for a fish hobby or, you know, uh, uh, model planes and flying them or robots or whatever it is that you're doing, just understand that uh, to spread that to the point where it becomes a community, and that's what Brandon really did. He took art and the, the act of being an artist and brought them all together. And so that's what I want you to think about in the next section. Well, to close out this week's show, uh, we're going to play that interview that we did with Brandon not all that long ago and give all of you a chance to get to know who Brandon Navin was. And again, you can still be a part of him. Uh, Come into Proust and you can donate some money for this grant that you guys are going to be involved with and other things. But we want to thank you uh, for coming in and sharing your conversation about your event. So thank you, Kirby Proust. Thank you, Mackenzie. It was a pleasure to meet you. And, Rick, we're going to take a break and listen to Brandon right here on 1320 WILS. Meet the two men who are experts at talking to animals, uh, or something like that. The Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Chatting with a chimp and chimpanzee. 
Imagine talking to a tiger, chatting with a cheetah. What a need a cheetah. We're back here with the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and Kerbane, we have with us in the studio a first time guest. His name is Brandon Naven, and he is the executive director of the Artist's Umbrella in Lansing. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure to have you. Uh, Brandon, tell our listeners what is the Artist's Umbrella if they've never heard of it before. So the artist umbrella, it's much different now than what it was when we began. And it continues to evolve and shift and change as time goes on. But in a nutshell, we are a group of artists. That artist group is very inclusive. Um, we, it includes belly dancers, m- magicians, musicians, Poets, fire spinners, uh, Proust brings animals out. Um, it's this collaborative effort to shine a brighter light on the arts and also add value to the arts. Okay. Now, how does the umbrella come in? I mean, I know the weather is not always cooperative in this area, but (laughs) but how did you come up with the name for the artist's umbrella? That's interesting. I had had a lot of different names that I was thinking of in order to uh, name it, and Artist Umbrella was one of them. I actually called Kerbet, and uh, I said, hey, what do you think about this? And uh, she was like, I love it. And that was one of my deciding factors was um, there are people in the community that I respect and I value their opinions. And her response helped me make that decision. But the umbrella just means this is a safe place for creatives to be and show what they have. Okay, interesting. And Kerbay, how did you get involved with this whole thing, and how did it become a part of something that Proust is doing? Because uh, we always think it's animals, but Proust isn't always just about the animals, is it? It's not about just the animals at all. It's about the human-animal bond. And I, if I may, Brandon, may I share a story? Okay. So years ago, um, Brandon was a customer at Proust. I think we determined it was almost over 10 years ago now. And Brandon was actually one of my more challenging customers. <laughs> and so um, Brandon was coming in, and I, um, I, I've grown up in a family with a lot of addiction, and um, I had a feeling that there was some addiction going on, and it was causing the issues we were having. Um, so we had our um, disagreements, but overall, Brian, Brandon turned his life around and is doing what I think is just a beautiful job sharing his art and his passion and his story and helping others with theirs. And to me, watching Brandon come in and find healing through his reef tank is just like, this is why we do what we do. Um, His reef tank is one of his many different tools that he uses in his recovery. And I think that the arts and mental health and the world of the human-animal bond, they they do go together in a lot of ways. Um, so when he called me and said that he was doing this, at the time I was actually involved in a yoga for 12-step recovery training. And yoga for 12-step recovery, the idea is the umbrella of addiction. And I thought, how beautiful for Proust Pets to support the arts, to support um 
mental health recovery and to just embrace the community. Um, that's kind of all over the place, but in a nutshell, that's that's no. kind of our story. And now he's more like a brother to me. We're, we're really good friends. And um, I just think beautiful things can happen when the community comes together to support to support recovery. Well, it makes perfect sense to me in the fact that I think that a reef take can be addicting in the fact that you want to spend time really observing and really just digging deeper into what's possible in such a beautiful setting. And that's such a positive thing to do. Is is that kind of what went through your mind as you were digging into it? And how has it changed over time? With the reef tank, uh it's it's uh, it's on so many different levels. The f- the first level is being in Prusse and so there's a term used that the opposite of addiction is actually connection, not necessarily sobriety, but the op- opposite of addiction is connection. One of the things I found going into Prusse and investing in my my reef tank emotionally um, and financially, I I learned that. I had people who shared the same common interests as me. I could hold conversations. We could talk. There's this vibe when you're in Bruce. It's not just this store. This It's a family environment. So that connected me initially. That connection has remained and has strengthened. But the idea of having a reef tank, with when you're in addiction, active addiction, a lot of times what's happening is... Life becomes difficult. Life becomes, your world shrinks. It's almost as if it's a slow death, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But when I had a reef tank, I was investing into life. Yeah. I was taking care of something outside of myself. I was nurturing life. That connection has helped me tremendously as the years have went on in my recovery because I feel like... When I'm taking care of my reef tank, I feel like I am contributing to life. Well, that makes, again, perfect sense because you are. You're literally creating your own piece of the earth. And I'll tell you, one of the things I remember, it's been a lot of years since my wife and I had our saltwater tank going. But I just remember watching the fish constantly and a lot of times trying to figure out music that would actually tie into the movements mm. of the fish and it just it be, it became such a fun creative outlet mm. for me at a time when I was much younger and I just I found myself not bored in any way, shape, or form. The opposite of that, just enthralled by it. So I totally get it, Kirby. So there's an event called Aquashella. It's huge. It's sold out every year they've done it. There are lines down the street around the corner, and it's basically blending art with aquariums. And so they'll have mm-hmm. performers. They'll have music. They'll have it with aquariums. They'll have aquarium vendors, aquarium suppliers there. Beautiful tanks set up. And, you know, my mom will blast music in the store, <laughs> and I'll walk around the fish department and I kind of feel like we have our own little aquashella in Lansing bringing this whole thing full circle in our relationship and why Brandon and I are here now and we're together I think it's also important to add that when COVID hit um, Brandon and I were like 
crap. Like we miss our community. We miss, you know, doing events. For me, putting on events at Bruce is huge. For me, going in and connecting with my customers is huge. I need that community. We're so we're like that in so many respects. We love community and embracing community and that connection. Like he was just talking about that connection element. Um, and so as I'm standing at the front door for three months and I'm regulating mask usage and I'm trying to control traffic so that we can not go over our capacity restrictions, I see this huge line of people waiting outside and I'm like, why can't Proust provide a platform to support the artists through the artist's umbrella since they don't have a venue right now um, or at the time they were trying to figure out what to do? And we'll call the event, it's raining cats and dogs, and they'll set up an umbrella out in front of the store, and people can, outside, masked and socially distant, enjoy the arts from outside our building. Like, why not? Why can't we do that? We can do that. We can do whatever we want. So, (laughs) So we tried it, and it was just a huge hit. And to see the joy of customers just even for a moment, if it was just for a moment, watching somebody paint or the first one we, you know, everybody thought it was funny because we did six foot long face painting, Um, you know, but if even just for a moment, someone can find relief from all the chaos and the darkness that's happening in the world right now, like that, that's what inspires me to keep moving forward. And so we now have this cool partnership where Proust Pets is sponsoring the Artist's Umbrella every month. Um, they're really taking root in Old Town in a lot of ways, which is really beautiful. That's my stomping grounds. That's where our store is. Right. Um, as the winter months come and it gets a lot colder, we're going to host one artist in the building every weekend. And so you'll come in and it'll still be safe. There'll be masks. People will be distanced, but you can enjoy some art. And we can, as Proust Pets, pay the artist. So they have an avenue to get their art out and and to demonstrate that. So, And if I may, the, the flip side to that too that's so beautiful is I think the arts community in many ways, uh, specifically local artists who aren't uh, accomplished, so to speak, I feel they there's this general idea they feel devalued or they feel like they're not taken care of, they're not supported. So with, with Proust Pats and with Kerbet, doing what they're doing has had a tremendous impact on the artists, the local artists in our community. They feel special. They feel like they're ta- being taken care of, and they feel like they're being valued, and that's that's tremendous. Well, it brings uh, the word partnership into play, and it sounds like the two of you both are going to gain tremendously from this partnership. Brandon, we're about out of time, but if listeners want to get a hold of you or get uh, some more information about what performances and where? How do they reach you? You can go to our Facebook. You can go to our Instagram. You can go to our website. Uh, we also have QR codes now. Okay. Um, so, I mean, just <laughs> scanning over the QR code will take you exactly where you need to go. Okay. Well, Brandon Navin, we want to thank you for coming in. And Kerbay, unfortunately, we're out of time. But we will be back next weekend. So, for all of you, please, please take good care of your pets and have a great week, everybody. <laughs>